Welcome back to the No Fire Spin Zone. My name is Charlie, and I host it sometimes. And I am Isaiah. I'm Steven. I'm always the host. I am also always the host. Oh, wait. We're, we're a Cerberus. We're, the we're three the of us are each, are each one head on a body with, with when three heads. When you cut one off, four of us spread. <laughs> no, that's We're like thing. Bob Barker, but three elements of his, of his being. Okay. Yeah. So, t- this episode we played Sonic Rush for the DS. I almost said, I almost said DX. The Dimps Saga continues. The Director's Cut Edition. So, allow me to say, before we, we begin, begin, this is my favorite Dimps game so far. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, because I wanted to say before we start that this is the Sonic game that introduced me to both Dimps and handheld Sonic games. And, like, I played this game a lot as a kid. Yeah. And I played it specifically at, like, my cousin's house. I didn't ever own this game. I played it on their <laughs> DS. That's incredible. And they were younger than me, so, like, their file wasn't as far along. So, like, I, I would just play it, and I don't think they liked it as much. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I remember liking this game a lot, and I feel like I will have a certain nostalgia armor that we sort of described for, like, for Charlie with the, with the 3D Sonic games. Yeah. So I wanted to be clear that, like, my opinion on this game might be, like, shrouded in me already having liked it. And in addition to that, just a fun fact about this game, the composer for the music was the same composer for the Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future soundtracks. That explains and it. And I have quite a fondness for both those games and that man. It is not a coincidence. So, I could do anything in this game as long as that soundtrack is in the background. <laughs> like, without asking questions. Yeah. So theoretically, theoretically, uh, if we were to, oh, I don't know, play Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and then turn, <laughs> go to Green Hill stage, and then only turn on, um, what's it what's it called? Uh, right, right there, there right, right on. on. You would be completely okay. You would just be in a, a lobotomized state of happiness. The most redeeming quality of Brawl that ever happened for me was going to Green Hill Zone, only turning on right there, right on, and then just sitting there. <laughs> it, like, awestruck that there was, a, there was a game, like a Sonic game, with a song that good. Allow me to say that the music is not quite good enough to make me put up with the boss fight for Leaf Storm. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> That was the most world, like, that was the most experience-shattering thing in this entire game for me, was just the first boss. Yeah, and and only the first boss, except for the halfway boss, which is just the first boss again. Yeah, but I he's was not as bad say. as the first boss. Wait, what? I, should, I guess we should wait till we talk about bosses. I don't quite understand. I don't really understand what's wrong with Honestly, that Honestly, boss. the bosses are, like, the, the most different part of this game, I think, so maybe we should start with the... Well... I don't know. I think I think we gotta establish an anchor point, which is what the okay. gameplay well, is like. Well, this game is a two-act structure with a boss act afterwards. It's all—it's also a two D platformer in, in the traditional Sonic style. Except that this game uses three D character models instead of a two D sprite. Which is which is actually incredible. But the environments are still two D, and the enemies are still two D. The bosses are three D, but yeah, the bosses are three D in a really cool way. About 25% of the time, I hate the 3D, and 75% of the time, I love it. Oh, is it in the, in the boss fights, or is it in the character in, models? In, in the character models. 
Like, like as a kid when I played this, I was like, it kind of doesn't look good because it, like, it doesn't match. And now I'm older, and I'm like, yeah, but the gameplay is better. Like, the yeah. like everything is improved by the fact that the game exists in three dimensions because they can be 2D and then they can just decide not to be sometimes. Yeah, you can come towards the camera easier. There's like neat little things. They're they're like the weird level mini games that are 3D, which I'm not super into, but they're reminiscent of like Sonic special stages, and that makes them more tolerable. Yeah, they're they're rare enough that even if they are annoying, they're they're still like you get through them and then you don't have to experience them again. Yeah. So like, let's open up with the character differences here, and then also just the general gameplay gameplay differences. Yeah. So, Sonic remains largely the same from his Sonic Advance counterparts. He can still do the trick system where if you hit R, you do a little dash after hitting a platform. But this is... or not hitting a platform, hitting a spring, I should say. But this has been adjusted slightly. I think that, like, the lag time from, like, action and button press between those two is greatly reduced. It's almost instantaneous, whereas yeah. in the previous Sonic Advance games, there was a little pause before you did your trick. In this one, it feels much more like just a double jump, almost. Yeah. And in addition to that, Sonic can, at any time in the air, like, out of a jump, hit R, and even if it wasn't from, like, a spring or one of the ramps, you'll still be able to do a dash, but you can only dash forward. It also sometimes acts as a homing attack as well. I believe that is when you are at full boost meter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure why sometimes it would activate and sometimes it wouldn't. It might be while you're boosting, it might be while you're at full boost meter, but it, it is definitely like something to do with the boost meter, which is the other key mechanic in this game. Now, killing enemies and doing tricks and stuff, doing these different things, will fill a meter on the left, and if you hit the... is it? I think it's the X button, or is it, just, is it both X and Y? It's, uh, I believe it's Y, but if it's also X, then yes, it's both. Okay. It, hitting one of the buttons that is not A or B will cause you to boost, and that sends you to slightly higher than your top speed instantaneously, and it also has different mechanical effects. Like, for example, you can't be hit by enemies while boosting. There are certain obstacles that you can boost straight through, and if you boost through, or I guess if you boost at, I should say, if you boost at a sort of spinning device in the level... Yeah and you have a certain amount of rings and you just hold down the boost button, that's how you get to special stages in this game. If you're Sonic. Yeah, yeah, you can't get to special stages as Blaze, but we'll get to that in a second. So that's like, that's sort of the key difference, is that this game in general just like, encourages momentum with the boost meter, because using the boost meter a lot will allow you to get through enemies easier without having to think as much about it. Yeah. And if you carefully time your jumps, you can kind of boost throughout the entire level, for the most part. So it's it's worth mentioning the way that you get boost meter, which is by doing tricks with the B button. And killing enemies. Yeah, so you can do tricks that don't... Yeah, and killing enemies as well. And hitting you the can, checkpoint. And and getting a, a, an item box that contains boost meter. Uh, yeah, or the, getting the item box that gives you maximum boost meter for a little bit. <laughs> but the main thing is the tricks. So okay. it's not, though. The main thing is definitely killing enemies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For, for me, the main thing was tricks, because... There are so many opportunities in this game to do tricks, as opposed to, like, Sonic Advance 3, where you can just forget that tricks are a thing, because it just never comes up. Yeah, this, because they're for kids. All the time. The tricks are for kids. Yeah. Well, there aren't any... Well, I guess there's Cream. She's and kind of Tails? a silly rabbit. Tails is canon I'm, a kid, I'm, right? I'm, t I'm saying Cream is a silly rabbit. I've, oh, I thought you were going to say there weren't really any kids. No, there aren't really any rabbits. Does that mean she's both? Yeah, <laughs> what, does she get tricks or not? 
scandalous. So, right, so ahead, if, if you hit the B button uh, when you when you've hit a uh, spring or a ramp or something like that, you can do tricks sort of in a combo where each trip each trick gives you more and more points that add to your boost meter. And then the R button is your sort of uh, trick finisher that does the the movement thing. Well, it doesn't really does it give you it doesn't give you any boost, so it's not really a trick. I think it does. It it increases the number, so maybe well, it, it increases just, your score. Right? Yeah, well, but not. I don't think it increases the boost meter. But that that number actually doesn't correlate to your score at the end. I don't think. Well, you also don't get like a score in your HUD, so it doesn't really feel like you're doing oh, that much. Yeah. It's not like Sonic Adventure 2, where it's just like, oh wow, I got 2,000. It got out of my score, which I can clearly see. <laughs> yeah, you just get like a trick bonus at the end of the level. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. But don't get me wrong, I really like doing tricks, like especially with Blaze, because <laughs> she can move a lot more. Because yeah, you can just yeah. ascend yourself higher and then do more tricks when you hit the R button. Yeah. Right, also just like spinning as Blaze feels incredibly good. I can't tell if her hitbox is bigger or not. I don't think it's any bigger, but like, it just, it, it looks, looks so different from Sonic spin dashing, because like, yeah. you, you, like, you're just running forward and then you hit the down button and you start doing a tattoo. Like, it's amazing. Well, it's, it's, it's especially incredible because she's the first character to not just curl into a ball. Uh, SBO. SBO, what does yeah, SBO do? He turns he into does a the top, same thing. he's just not on fire. Yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, so she's the second character to not turn into a ball. By the way, I don't even think Espio does do the top thing in Sonic Spin, not Sonic, Sonic Heroes, which is, I guess, kind of No, he doesn't. It's pretty he disappointing. Doesn't. Yeah. Way to, way to lose the cannon. I think that the spinning, the top spin also looks a lot better on Blaze because she's in 3D. Yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, she also has fire effects. Yeah, the fire effects are very neat. She has... Well, I guess if we're just talking about Blaze now. So when Blaze hits R in midair off of a spring, she has the same dash that Sonic does, and I think she might go further? She does go further, that's what I was saying earlier. So she yeah. goes further, but then once she's at the end of that distance, she slows down. So Sonic's is better for, like, dashing and then using that momentum, and Blaze is better for getting a certain distance and then, like, chilling out there. So that's what we in the fighting game business call a box jump. Mmm. Because if you jump up and then just dash, uh, you'll create a sort of box where you jump straight up, dash really fast, but then fall in a straight line. Yeah. And Sonic has more of just a regular arc, I guess. But the other thing with Blaze is that if you hit R in midair without having hit a spring or a ramp, you'll just slowly descend. So you can really easily precision platform with Blaze, as opposed to Sonic, who has a much more difficult time with it. Yeah. And I feel like this game is pretty lenient with, like, it, it doesn't ask you to precision platform nearly as much as the rest of the, uh, the Dimps games so far. Yeah, there are, there are a few times when it does, but I found myself surprising, it, it was surprisingly doable. And I think the big reason for that is just that the camera is so much farther away, so you can see the platform you're precisioning to. Yeah. Yes. Also, this game makes use of the DS's top and bottom screens, both yeah. as, like, gameplay screens. And while they don't do this as much as I feel they could, they do often give you an opportunity to see what's ahead of you with the top screen or the bottom screen while yeah. you're on yeah, the other. Yeah, like in uh, what, Mirage Road, is that the name of the stage? Uh, is, is that the it's, it's desert stage? The desert stage. When you're on like a moving yeah. platform, you can see rocks and robots like heading towards you. Like You can see the shadow on the platform, at least in the second act. But it, yeah. it's really cool that you can just see it and... You know, this this game definitely doesn't use the 
it doesn't use a double screen thing like, uh, say, Yoshi's Island DS. Yeah. And right. But it's like, I feel like it doesn't need to. Like, you can appreciate this game without it, like, thinking about it's a DS game. You don't really need to think of it as a, a DS game until you get to the special stages. Uh, more on that later. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. I don't think that adding in touchscreen mechanics would have improved this game at all. And I do yeah. think that having the two screens does. So I think it's using the hardware exactly as much as it needs to. I don't think it feels gimmicky. I think the uh, using the two screens, it gets better about doing so as the levels continue. I've, I've found that for, for example, uh, Altitude Limit and Huge Crisis, Altitude Limit especially, uh, because it's such a vertical level, you're constantly using both screens at the same time, and it's it's very good at putting the camera, like, putting Sonic or Blaze in the focus of the correct screen for which direction you, you need to be looking. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it does a great job of that. And it's, it's really interesting because Sonic is a franchise about horizontal movement, so it, it's sort of hard to bridge that gap, I think, between making it focus on verticality, you know? Yeah, I also definitely think that Blaze helps it bridge that gap. Because the way I see this game is that you should play as Sonic until you have a hard time with it. Yeah. And then you play as Blaze to sort of learn the game. And that's the way I played it this time. I played uh, up to Sonic's third level. Mm. And then I switched over to Blaze because I wanted to see what she was about. And I had a lot of fun playing with her. And I feel like the levels are almost designed for her a little bit more than Sonic. Yeah. Um, so speaking of level design, how about we, like... Sort of, sort of shift over to that. I have I have one gripe about the the level structure, which is that for Sonic's story, you play through all the levels in. I I would say it does a fairly good job of having a linear difficulty curve. I don't know if you would agree. And then, but well, I, I mean, you mostly played Blazes, so. Yeah, I mean, I got to Sonic's third level though, and at that point, I feel like they get pretty close to the same level path. Yeah. Maybe, because I, I got to her third level. Well, she plays his first level second, and then after that, I think she plays his fourth level third, and then his third level fourth, and then they've got the same last three levels, if I'm correct, but I'm okay. not sure. Then that's mostly similar. It It's... I If I have a gripe about the game, it's that in order to, like, beat it, beat it, you need to play the same stages for both characters. And I was I was really hoping that they would be different stages, yeah. uh, but I guess I guess we do have a lot of stages in this game because we have we have seven zones and two acts per zone, which is fourteen stages. But yeah. also, uh, we have twice the stage per stage. You know, yeah, they're pretty lengthy, and it seems like uh, Blaze has like a slight variation of the music for each yes, stage. Yes. Uh... All of her music is different, so you get the Sonic CD situation where there is just tons of music in this game, and it's all super good. Yeah. I mean, you can argue that the Sonic CD music isn't all super good. I think it is. But this game's music, I think we can all agree, is super good. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I would agree. I would probably say I like it more than Sonic CD. I especially Ooh. like Mirage Road. I... This, this soundtrack, uh, the whole album, was on Spotify for a little while. <laughs> And I listened to the entire thing like four or five times in a row. I need to listen to the Mirage Road music to, to remember it. Do you remember yeah. the sample yeah, voice clip that Alright, yeah. um, so so the levels how do you how do you guys feel the levels did at having that like sort of Sonic style level specific mechanics or or level specific design style? I think that 
the... It's weird. It feels like it has a curve for, like, level originality. Yeah. It definitely beats Sonic Advance 3, which was the previous, yes. like, game that we played. Yeah. Sonic Advance 3 had the same problem as Sonic... K uh, sorry, Knuckles Chaotix, where every level just felt kind of, like, the same, but the jumps were arranged differently. Hmm. I think that this game does a good job of having some levels feel more vertical and some levels feel more horizontal, and it also does a good job of, like, teaching you how to use speed in a certain way for individual levels. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got, like, the mechanic in the casino level where they've got this sort of, like, pole that you grab onto that spins around, like, a perpendicular pole, yeah. and then if you well, jump horizontal. at the right height... Well, yeah, it is. That, that's what perpendicular means. No. Oh, yeah. I sorry, I was thinking of vertical. Never mind. I don't even know. <laughs> You're good. I mean, I, I could have, like, I probably could have described it slightly better. But basically, you just spin around on something while hanging, and you spin to the right. And if you jump at the sort of, like, height of the spin, the highest point of the spin, and then hover or dash away from it, you can get to a better platform. I feel like that's a really neat, like, intuitive system to teach you to, like, when to boost. Yeah. And then we've also got, for the water level in this game, we've got the... What? Is it called a turbine? What, what are those things actually called? I, I mean, I know it's like a water wheel, but is there a different word for it when it's under the water? Um, I would call it a turbine. Okay, so there's these, like, paddles that are attached to a turbine, and when you boost underwater into them, they send you up instead of down. But if you aren't moving fast enough, you'll sort of, like, spin around them for a little bit and then fall to a lower section. Yeah. And I really enjoyed those in the water level because it, it encourages you to boost and like And it doesn't even take that much anyway either. Yeah, yeah, you just need like one boost basically. I, I think in previous Dimps games there was sort of an issue where oh, well, between the high path and the low path, if you like predicted that there would be a jump, you got to pick the high path which was better, and if you didn't, you got stuck with the low path. And there's a little bit of that in this game, but I kind of don't mind it as much. And I think the reason that I don't mind it is that I can see more... I can see those paths, like, after yeah. I mess up. Well, and not only that, but I think that this game also does a much better job of, A, making the high path appealing at all, because the previous Sonic Advance games have this situation where, like, except for the first one, the low path usually has things on it that you want. Yeah. yeah. Like, so there's... Sometimes it feels like failing is a choice you just have to make sometimes, which never feels right. Like, you should never want to fall in a Sonic game. And I, and I will say, it seems to me like the majority of the special stage entryways uh, are on the high path. They're, not only are they on the high path, but I think a lot of them are on the sort of, like, dovetail part. Is that how? The, is that the phrase? What, do you, what is it the phrase when you, like, branch out and then come back in? Oh, Diver. the... Uh... No. Well, no, but it's, it's the part where you come back together. I, so if we think of Sonic levels as a line, and then there is a line that is like an arc that comes up and then goes back down, and then a line that like goes down and comes back up, to make sort of a football shape. Yeah, that's the convergence, the converging path, converging point. Yeah, the, okay, so the converging path, the converging point feels like where the spinner is, at least in the earlier levels. Yeah, just to make sure that you can see them. Yeah, I feel like that's designed that way on purpose. Yeah. Uh, overall, the level design in this game is a huge improvement to the previous Dimps games. For sure. Did you guys want to talk about some of your like favorite parts or even frustrating parts of like specific levels? I uh, I yeah. feel like uh, if you want to start, Charlie. Uh, well, the first part I had, first major gripe I definitely had was uh, the casino level where, in the first act, there's like this jump you make. Well, also there's like these swinging ropes. 
that sometimes yeah. you put enough momentum in. But like when you have one that like connects to another one, and then you think it's gonna connect but it doesn't, and then it's too low for you to <laughs> jump onto it. Yeah. That's annoying. But also this one where it's just like, oh, you have to directly fall on these platforms, then get on the next platform, get on the next platform. It's a lot harder with Sonic, but Blaze, it's like, you know, she has a s slow falling even without her hover. Yeah. And then the later stages were definitely kind of tough. Like. Yeah. I, I want to respond to your casino stage specifically. Yeah. The the thing about that that I think I think the ropes obviously are like kind of annoying when you don't know how they work right away right. and like you kind of just have to memorize them. But I think the platforms specifically I feel are almost meant to discourage you from playing as Sonic. Yeah. And then once you hit that point and you start playing as Blaze, you're dropped into that level right away, the casino That's level. That's fair, and that and it worked on me. Yeah, and I think that, like, <laughs> the reason that's there is to kind of teach you what Blaze is good at, which is precision platforming. Yeah. Yeah. And while I don't necessarily think that that's, like, the most eloquent way to do that, I do think that for me it works. Like, I played that level of Sonic, got a little bit frustrated, and then played it as Blaze and felt really powerful. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Isaiah? I mean, so so I, I switched to Blaze before that level, and I was very bad at that level because I... For some reason, there's something in my brain that says when you hit the R button, it doesn't glide. It does something like, like it, for me, slowing your descent with the R button is just hard for me for some reason. Instead of like holding the A button to to slowly descend, so I couldn't use that mechanic as well as I think it was designed for somebody to use. Uh, and I think that's just me being a bad gamer. <laughs> Hashtag bad gamer. Hashtag bad gamer. So uh, I, I got stuck playing as Blaze, and I got frustrated, so I went back to playing as Sonic, got through this, the third zone, and then I was like, oh no, it's, it's uh, what, what's the stage called? Night Carnival? Carnival Night, Night Carnival, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> just swapped the words, and now it's a different zone. So, so I, I got to Night Carnival as Sonic, and I was like, are you kidding me? This is the stage I didn't want to play. So I went back to to uh, Blaze, and I was like, all right, I'll get through it as her. And I, I did end up doing better that time. I, I think my, the, my approach to the stages has been, this makes me feel like it's a Genesis level where they're designed for you to sort of kind of memorize them. Because they're very challenging, they're very challenging until you, like, understand the layout and know how to read the level to know when it's safe to boost and when it's not safe to boost. So you really benefit yeah. from familiarity, and it's not grueling to become familiar in the way that it is with some of the Sonic Advance games. Definitely. Yeah, also, the levels in this game all feel, like, pretty compact. Like, they feel short. Yeah. Which is great. And, yeah. and they're not really all that short. That's the, that's the other thing. Like, yeah. they're huge, but you're traveling quickly through a lot of them. Yeah, the distance traveled is, like, probably the same as a Game Boy Advance game, but because you have the boost meter and, like, a bunch of these momentum mechanics, yeah. you're just allowed to get through it faster. And it's it's very fun to travel in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, the, the only thing that's jarring is the transition between it's okay to go fast and it's not okay to go fast, you know? And in, in that yeah. way, I think this game... Because this game reminds me of Sonic 2 in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I don't know if I said this during our retrospective, but Sonic 2 is a game that I like more the more I play it, which is not the case for Sonic 1. 
Yeah. But, and, and this this game is the same way. The farther I got into the game, the more, like, genuinely into it I was. Uh, but one thing you said in our Sonic 2 episode was that you felt like there were moments where you were supposed to go fast and then moments where you were supposed to stop and it forced you to stop and then you had to go slow for a little while. And I think this game does that, uh, but a little bit worse. Really? Yeah. Worse. <laughs> yeah, because well, there are plenty of times where uh, it stops you and then I'm like, oh, whatever, I have a boost, so I'll just boost. And then I boost and fall to my death because I just wasn't okay. good at reading that I was supposed to not be fast at this time. There are times where I felt like I was, I just wanted to boost and like shoot forward and like jump really far, and a lot of those times I did end up dying, but I felt like the game told me and I just wasn't listening, yeah. and I'm okay with that, and I feel that this game also gives you a lot more lives, but not through like capsules the way that some of the Sonic games have, they just let you get 100 ring. <laughs> That's true. Which feels a lot better than a capsule to me personally. No, I, I would again, agree with that. Again, this like makes rings in this game feel more important because you'll you'll want one ups because they give you a lot of checkpoints and this game also uses the system where if you start a zone, you have to like restart it if you die in Act Two. Yeah. But for the case of this game, I'm more okay with that because for one, I feel like if I play well, I get one ups, which is good. <laughs> and then I also feel like if you get stuck on a particular actor zone. I think that this game is encouraging to, like, go and just play the first act over and over again, because you'll get one-ups, and this game also has the, like, rating system at the end where you get a letter rank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, playing the first level feels good, and then it also is just a great first level that gives you a bunch of the game's mechanics in a simple way, so you can really familiarize yourself with, the me like, the controls, mechanics, and the general, like, physics of the game. And I felt like just every time that I hit like a hard spot, I would just replay Leaf Forest, which is technically not Blaze's first level. Yeah. But I would just play Leaf Forest like over and over again until I had 20 lives, and uh -huh. then go back and like make it through a zone. Yeah. Also, my my experience with the live system is, uh, I will get through like two acts and a boss, and the entire time, like I'll start with like eight lives or whatever, and. Either by the end of Act 1, I'll be, like, down to 3, and I'll be like, ah, uh, or by the end of Act 2, I'll be I'll be down to, like, 2 or something like that, and I'll be like, okay, I gotta really, like, focus for this boss. And so I was, as a result of this, I was always trying my hardest, but I yeah. very rarely actually got a game over, because it does give you a lot of lives. Yeah, I think I geoed once on Altitude Limit, and once on... What is the space one? Uh, is space... No. Is it in space? No. I think it's in space. It's not in space. Uh, altitude, maybe Deadline? No, that's, yes, I'm talking about Deadline. Yeah. I, I said the Altitude Limit idea once, and then the next one, Dead, and then I asked if it was deadline in Deadline is in space. I apologize yeah, so, for, for that. I think I geoed once on each. Yeah. Uh, I geoed a few times on Night Carnival as Blaze because, again, I'm uh, bad. <laughs> but I do think that, like, your point about the, like, stop and go, sort of. Yeah. I, I think Sonic 2 is still way worse about it, just because of how much harder it is to get your momentum back than it is in okay, this game. Okay, that's fair. Are you talking about Sonic Advance 2? No, Sonic, the original Sonic 2. Isaiah said the original Sonic 2 sort of requires you to do this thing where you can go fast for a little bit, but then you have to stop. And he said that he felt this game did it worse. I think that the reason it might feel worse in this game is because it doesn't do it as much. 
Yeah. Because Sonic 2, like, every single action that you do is like, run for a little bit, then stop and figure it out, then run for a little bit, then stop and figure it out, then run for a little bit. And like, this game, it's run for a really long time and do this chain of like, interesting things while maintaining speed, yeah. and then slow down for a second in precision platform. Yeah. But, like, really, I don't even think a lot of the time it's asking you to persistent platform. It's mostly just asking you not to hit the boost button or to hit the <laughs> trick button, like the air trick button. That's true. And, like, it is hard not to just instinctively hit R as soon as you see a spring. And, and I, like... I will say a lot of my deaths were actually because I would try to do a trick. Uh, but I would try to do the, the trick that doesn't change your movement. I would hit the B button. Yeah. Which, when you're on the ground, uh, is also the jump button. And so I would jump. And I would die. <laughs> I I maintain that I really wish this game let me disable B as a jump button. Because A is a jump button, and that's all it does. I think that this game could genuinely, like, benefit from having a control scheme adjustment thing. Like, just anywhere where you could change your controls. Because yeah. I think that a lot of people will have, like different wants for the controls here mm. and I think that like if you could boost with the L button and then hit B to jump and like Y to do tricks yeah the, the other thing is for me I honestly think the tricks button or the the uh, the air tricks yeah uh, button should just be the A button again yeah, I'd be fine with that. There's because no, you don't do like instant shield or anything in this game. Yeah, like because once you're in the air, the A button doesn't do anything extra. It only continues to do something if, like, you hold the button down. But once you release it, it can do a different thing, and that's all good. And so I think I think it would make that sort of thing much more intuitive. And it's interesting to me because the L button and I think the X button uh, don't do anything. The X and Y do the same thing. X and Y do the same thing. Okay. And, and L just doesn't do anything. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to me. Cause, and, and that's always been true for Sonic Advance. L has never done anything. Yeah. Well, and it's also kind of been true for just, like, Sonic games for the most part. Like, the shoulder buttons are occasionally used as cameras and rarely anything else. Yeah. That's true. Um, I guess you use them to, like, drift in newer Sonic games, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, probably. Charlie, how do you feel about the sort of idea of, like, the game telling you to slow down sometimes. I mean, I've definitely been able to pick up on it a bit more, even if it takes a little trial and error, but yeah, I, I think I, I'd say it probably does it better than most other Sonic games, definitely the other advanced games. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> oh, the other yes. advanced games. Yeah. Except maybe, I don't know, 3, three seemed like it was doing alright, but... I think I'd agree with you there. I feel like 3 has pretty good, like, level design that tells you when it's time to like figure something out and when it's time to just go crazy i think mm -hmm. i think three's level design is good from the moment to moment but the problem is when you zoom out everything's samey yeah three like almost has sort of like the sonic not goddamn it the knuckles chaotic syndrome but i think that because it has the big rings and stuff like that you're more inclined to explore and it helps you sort of remember some of the landmarks yeah and i definitely think that like the level intros 100% solve part of that problem. Mm. Because every level starts a slightly different way. Yeah. Like, going into Flying Battery Zone feels 100% different from going into Hydrocity, or going into, like, Mushroom Hill. Oh, yeah. And I think that like, those levels and intros are really important. So, so I want to talk about something uh, before we move completely on, which is the way getting hit works in this game. And this is, this is a system 
I love. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on this or if you even noticed it, which is uh, when you collect rings, you know, obviously that's your, your health bar. You get hit, you lose your rings, and if you get hit when you don't have rings, you die. That's how it's always been. Yeah. But in this game, when you get hit, the amount that your rings fall changes depending on how many times you've recollected that ring. Yeah, I did notice that for bosses. Yeah, it's very important for bosses, considerably less so for regular stages. Honestly, I kind of feel like for regular stages, that kind of doesn't matter at all, and they should just fly out as normal, but for bosses, it should be that system. Maybe that's a bit too complex, or, or too inconsistent, I should say. Well, you also gotta remember that this game actually does have a, like, it was kind of weird to me at first, but I actually don't mind it. It's got, like, enemy fight rooms. Yeah. Yeah, the first time it happened, I hated it, but it, it like, warmed up to me. I think it's another thing in this game where initially it seems confusing, but then you realize that it's one more thing to encourage you to just boost, boost, boost. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I kind of love that. I love the idea of, like, fighting enemies not through using the homing attack or, like, various combat abilities, but, like, just speed. Yeah. Is the weapon here, and, like, that I kind of actually like a lot. Yeah. How did you feel about the enemy fight rooms, Charlie? Um, they're fine. I... You know, so this this game pretty much reuses most of the enemies from Sonic Heroes and Sonic Adventure 2 when it comes to the gun robots. I yeah. yeah. I feel like I could still go without the the three hit guys, especially since like the Rhino tanks from freaking Sonic Adventure 2 are just three hits for some reason. They just needed a three hit for that like yeah. a species of robots. Like ah, who cares? It bothers me on a you know a, a slight personal level. Um, and then the hammer bots just don't have legs, which, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, they're, they're kind of interesting. They give you, they'll, they'll build up your boost for sure, but I don't yeah. know if I necessarily want them there. I think that, like, the three hit enemies are kind of weird. Yeah. I do think that they're, like, less weird than, say, the 50 hit enemies from Sonic Heroes. Oh, God. <laughs> but I agree with you that they feel a little, cl uh, clunky. I do, though, I like, there's a specific enemy room where... There's like a pillar in the middle that is like, it's actually like two pillars, one on the top, one on the bottom, and they kind of like have this like crushing motion where they come like up and down and squeeze in the middle. Yeah. And then you have to fight guys in that room, and I actually kind of like that room a lot because it makes you go back and forth, and you've got both the enemies, which are kind of pushovers, but then you also have this sort of obstacle in the middle, and it makes you like kind of think about the room a lot, yeah. and you're encouraged to boost back and forth, and then boost into enemies. Yeah, I definitely think the, like, like gauntlet area, uh, the first time you see it is like, oh, it, we're going to be that that Sonic Heroes boss, huh? The, <laughs> the like, six bosses in Sonic Heroes where you're just fighting enemies yeah. and then waiting a while. And then they actually do something with it by changing the environment that you experience that in. Yeah, I think if it were the same room every time, I would not like it as much, but I think because the room that you're in for those little boss gauntlets, or not boss, but enemy gauntlets, changes each time, I think that makes it a lot less boring. Yeah, for sure. But I definitely could see, like, the argument for it being lumpy, especially there's the sand level where you have to ride, like, a platform, yeah. and, like, rocks fall from the top of the screen that yeah. Charlie was talking about. I don't mind that. That's probably the most boring bit of the game. Yeah, I think that it's... I think that the idea is there, and I think that it's very fair. It is not, like, an unfair or annoying part, yeah. but I think that it takes way too long. It's the last thing you do in the level, so you're, like, you have to do that before you get your grade, which feels annoying. Yeah, and it's... Are you talking about the Mirage Road thing? Yeah, the one you mentioned earlier. Mm. 
just that that slowly moving platform where rocks right. and enemies fall onto it. And I think it's cool that partway through it, it like the camera basically tilts and then it becomes slightly 3D. Yeah, it becomes Fatal Fury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it becomes yeah Fatal actually. Um, <laughs> and I, I like that, but I was still like, this is too slow. I think the problem is that there's nothing you can do about it to make it go faster, which yeah. never feels good in a Sonic game. Yeah. I Because the reason that the enemy gauntlets are also cool is because the better you are at them, the faster they go. You can be in there for just like 10 seconds and out, and that yeah. feels good. Whereas with this, you just it tacks on basically like a minute and a half, I think, to the end of the level. Yeah. And, and I think that's the problem with the Sonic Heroes gauntlet bits, is that even once you defeated all of the enemies, you still had to wait like five seconds for Eggman to laugh and tell an empty room to smash them all before spawning more, more ones. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's frustrating. Like, you're still waiting. Yeah, those, those felt really bad. But I think that, like, Sonic Heroes in general felt like just a bunch of enemy gauntlets in a row. So, like, yeah. I think this game definitely does it better than just having three egg pawns that you can't kill in one shot. Yeah. If we're making the Sonic Heroes comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we do have Sonic Heroes enemies in this game in a Sonic yeah. Heroes environment. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of interesting just kind of see how... The games evolve in the subtle ways, like the robots. Like Sonic Adventure 2 was like the last time. Well, no, Sonic Advance, I guess, when we saw like the more traditional-looking enemies. But even then, they were starting to look a lot more different. And now we yeah, just the have crab meats and everything are like redesigned in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, but now we just got like these very Eggman-looking robots with some slightly different-looking ones just going around, and it's yeah. We've got like the very orb shape of the enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Egg shape, if you. Yeah. Also, this is the first Sonic game with a boost in it, and that mechanic sticks around. Because it's it's amazing. It's for excellent. better or for worse. I definitely feel like I as a kid I was I was like upset that the uh, spin dash got phased out. Which you can still do in this game, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's also I actually I like the spin dash in this game. Because, like as I said, it is valuable both for like nostalgia and for game feel. But I think that also it's very helpful during the bosses because you actually don't get access to the boost meter for bosses, and yeah, I think right. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree completely. I um, think it makes bosses feel a lot more deliberate than the rest of the game, but they're still speed based. You still have to outrun things, and you still have to like time spin dashes, and I think that that makes the bosses feel feel like challenging and good. Can you yeah. use boost on the bosses in uh, Sonic Rush Adventure? Because I know you can in Sonic Colors DS. I I cannot remember. I do not remember. Bosses, of all the things in Sonic uh, Rush Adventure, bosses are the thing I remember the least. Yeah. Speaking of which, do we want to talk about uh, the bosses? Yeah, I would like to... <laughs> I would like to open this discussion with... How did you guys feel about the Leap Forest boss? Uh, Egg Hammer Mega is the worst boss in the game by a huge margin. Yup. It's Not Charlie. okay. <laughs> did you fight this boss? Yes. Okay. How did you feel about his instant kill move? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, well, which one? It wasn't... It. I've noticed in other bosses more than this one, because... I don't know. Cause not, it, it is kind of inconsistent, because I've noticed that I've gotten damaged by it, especially in the, the variant that you face later on. Yeah. So this boss is basically just like he just headbutts and that's his attack and it's like a snake-shaped enemy, but all it does is headbutt. 
Yeah, it um, continues with the hammer theme from previous uh, Dimps games. Yeah. It doesn't even look like a hammer. It really doesn't. Uh, and you can only attack it when it headbutts you, because th this is now a 3D it actually, hold it. it does kind of look like a hammer, because what it has is the shape of the head. If you think of it as like a snake, it looks like it's just got its mouth kind of open. Yeah. But if you think of it as a hammer, it's got like oh, a yeah, cylinder with I two larger... Yeah. And it's not like as long as it should be, but I think that it's like you can interpret this as a hammer without too much like imagination. This game, this game suffers from the design problem that Sonic Advance 3's bosses suffered from, which is uh, bosses that are only vulnerable after a certain period of time, like in their yeah. attack cycle, and only for a certain period of time. But in this game, uh, there's an added challenge where that vulnerability period gets shorter the less health they have. Well, I also think, though, that the game, I found myself having an easier time dealing with bosses that, like, last time I mentioned my grievance with it doing away with exploitability by design. Yeah. And I think that this game still has that, obviously. Like, it's less exploitable of these bosses. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think do... some of them have their moments. Right, uh, some. But the, the majority of them... The have. Night Carnival boss. I think it's the Night Carnival boss. Um, yeah, Charlie and I were talking about that specifically. Yeah. yeah. But for the, I think that's really the only one that you can kill any faster than the game just decides to let you kill it. Mm -hmm. I think. There might be another one, but I can't for the life of me remember. Oh, uh, Egg but Scarab like, also. The Mirage Road one. Can that you? Doesn't, no, you can't kill it. I mean, you can do it like slightly faster based on like how well you're playing, but you can't like trick it. Yeah. Which is what you can. Anyway, we'll get there. But for the for this first boss, there is literally no way to damage it besides just waiting for it to let you damage it. And because this game has randomized patterns, effectively most bosses have about three attacks, and only one of them will let you damage them, and the other two are just things you have to dodge. And frequently, one of them will just be an insta kill. Yeah, with with the egg hammer, actually two of them are insta kills. Yeah. One but is. I think. I wanted to finish the oh, yeah, generic yeah, yeah. boss thing really quick. So, the board wide, I think the reason that I can tolerate these bosses more is both I like this game more. <laughs> yeah. And I like the boss music more. But I think that the gameplay reasoning is that it actually shows you how much health they have. Yes. So you feel like you're accomplishing more for every action that you do, as opposed to the previous game where you just felt like you were like slapping a rock, more or less. Yeah. And I think that eight hits is way too many. I don't think that any of these bosses <laughs> needed to last as long as they last. I think that five would have been fine. I think three would have been fine. I think the final boss only is the one that benefits from eight hits. Yeah, that, I, I'd agree. But I also think the final boss is, like, insanely difficult. It's very hard. I, I, ended up, I ended up doing a thing where I was rationing one ring at a time, and I was, like, getting hit until it flew too far away from me to collect, and so I just collected a new one. And I would, yeah. like, try to avoid collecting any rings until I was completely out. Right, and I think that's actually, like, a fun element of the boss. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I, I think that's one of my favorite bosses in the game, actually. Uh, also, the music for the final boss. Not the secret <laughs> boss. I don't think any of us got the secret boss. No, But we the final boss music is just the best. <laughs> it's really good. Now let's talk about specific boss stuff. <laughs> I need to... We need to get this Egg Hammer Mega is the bit about its attack is that it headbutts, but when it headbutts and Eggman says, I think he says, get ready to be schooled, if he says yeah. that, then if it hits you, it's an insta-kill. 
And so he can do both of those attacks from the start. The difference is that the first attack he does is it hits a couple times instead of just one time. So one of them is like a heavy hit and the other is like a few light hits. Basically. Well, the the light hits I think is in the second form actually. I don't think that's in the original version. No, it's in both. I'm pretty sure. The 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 light hit is quicker and the insta kill takes a lot longer. So it's much. Oh, it's that's right. It's not it's not that there's more hits. It's that there's a different animation altogether. Yeah, there is a different because animation. Because the heavy hit, like the camera starts panning towards Robotnik, right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh actually Eggman. It's it's both. It's canon both. Like the, it's his canon name. Yeah, this is true. But it, it this game has Eggman and Eggman Nega, who for some reason that's just his name, which He's I, a bad character. I can't get over. It's literally Eggman, but again wearing darker clothes, and he has an additional word in his name. It's bad. It's not good. It's bad. <sighs> so. So obviously the first boss has this insta-kill move that we've been mentioning a bunch of times. Yeah. That is not just the hammer move. And that is the boss will like lean his head over and then just drop his head and it will roll towards you and you have to jump over it. Yeah. But the bit here is that because these levels are in full 3D, the camera will pan so that you're looking like, basically looking at the level from like one end of the road to the other. Yeah, it'll so you... it'll angle it so you can see the entire like board. Right, but it's actually not so you can see the entire board. It's so that you can only see like Sonic's stupid head. <laughs> it it makes it much harder to gauge distance. Yeah, pushing right and left still moves you forward and backwards, but now they're like adjusted 90 degrees, and it's also impossible to see drop shadows and stuff, so it's really hard to tell if you're directly over the thing you need to jump over, yeah. or if you're jumping too early or whatever. And then also the hitbox on it is kind of like a circle, and sometimes you'll feel like you jumped over it and you won't be like hit by it in a way that knocks you back, but it'll just gently push you over the edge of the level, and that's an insta-kill. Yeah. It's it's very frustrating. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort. For for the most part, I think all of the camera angle changes in the boss fights, and there are a lot. Uh, I think all of them improve the game. Yeah. But this one this one looks cooler, but it definitely plays worse. Yeah, I think a lot of them don't sacrifice gameplay for the aesthetics, but this one definitely does. Yeah. How did you feel about the Leaf Force boss, Charlie? It was fine. I thought it was an okay first boss. I didn't have that much trouble with getting hit by it, maybe because I was actually trying to avoid it. I don't know. Whoa! Are you implying that Isaiah and I aren't real gamers? That's yes. That's fair. You will be you you will be removed from my uh, kingdom. Not fair. I, I, I can't. I... Also, I mean Street Fighter. Real quick. <laughs> I'll uh, show you what a boss looks like. <laughs> water Palace just is the only stage with water in it. Yeah. Yes. And I think it works because the water just kind of doesn't matter in this game. Yeah, no, it's pretty, it uh... It makes you want to get out of it with the turbines we talked about earlier, which I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. And the bubbles come out consistently that it's not a problem. It's a very lax uh, water stage. It's also the second level for, uh... I mean, sonically, it's the fourth level for Blaze, but still. Yeah. The the bubbles are the best they've ever been in this game, as, in, in the franchise as well. Right, and I don't feel like you need them. Like, I never really had to stop at a station as long as I was doing the, the boosts on the turbines properly. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, Water Palace boss, uh, Egg Turtle, is a little forgettable. Honestly, turtle? I'm looking at a screenshot of him, and I don't even remember what his attacks are. I, I thought it was supposed to be Nessie. 
Yeah, that's like what I thought. I thought like a Loch Ness monster, or like maybe even like a dinosaur type thing. Well, it's called Egg Turtle, despite really not looking at all like a turtle. It's like a Leopleurodon. Yeah, it's like a Leopleurodon. <laughs> I feel cheated. So the boss, what he does is he'll like peck at you with his face, and if you dodge the peck, he just sits there and like lets you hit him, and that's how you damage him. I can never get that. What's up? I can never dodge that head, that like that body slam, because it always seems to like get up, get on top of me no matter what. Yeah. Oh, so that's not that's not the one that you can damage him on, or maybe you can damage him on it, but that's not how I got my damage in that fight. That attack right. is his. That's his like first attack. Yeah, I th that's what I thought you were talking about. No, I was just talking about how you damage the boss because I figured we might as well start with that. Uh. So, but, but I guess you're right. This boss is weird because he transitions from like position to position to do his attacks. Yeah. So yeah, first he'll like float around in a circle, and this whole stage takes place on, like, a circle with a hole in the middle. And it's 3D, so, like, as you're running around, it sort of, like, pans the camera to just line up with Sonic. And also, and also it, it loops there. around, so you're not just, like, it does the, the Kirby 64 thing. That's what a circle is. Yeah, okay, look. I just want to <laughs> make sure it's explicit. Like, you don't walk from one side of the circle to the other and then fall off the stage. It's a, what? It's Why a, would that be a circle? It's a, it's a closed loop, is the point. I said a circle with the hole? Okay, alright, anyway. And the boss will sort of hover around you, and like Charlie said, he does a body slam. The way you beat that body slam is by going, like, left instead of right if he's headed right. Or right. vice versa yeah. if you're going the other way. So the, the way I handled it, usually, is that I would do like a spin dash, jump, dash, and then run along the ground. And that makes you go really fast, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned that. It's basically like a weird kind of like exploit where if you jump after doing a spin dash, and then do like the R button air dash, and then hit the ground, you'll build up like as much speed as possible. And then if you do that and then get to like about the middle of the stage wherever you see the boss about to do his attack, and you turn around to spin dash the opposite way, he'll almost always just go right over you. But then he's got one more attack after you've damaged him, I think five times? I think it's only after the three health points that he starts doing this. But the like water in this area will drain, and then he'll just be like on the ground, and it'll shoot the like head of this turtle beast apparently and the head will just sort of like spin around the whole stage after you yeah and the head is damageable at this point i feel like this attack is a little like out of nowhere and it doesn't feel as fun to dodge as the other one yeah but i think it's nice that this is the only boss that has two different like attacks that let you damage it yeah it felt like the most efficient of the bosses also did we mention that uh damaging it when the water is up is the only way to to boost yourself out of the water and take a breath i didn't realize that you had a health or a breath meter rather i mean this area. May maybe you don't because i never had too hard of a time like getting that happening i never heard the out of breath music I, I don't think that you can suffocate in that area as far as i know I mean, also, if you're if you're taking enough time, like, not hitting the boss to need that air, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I mean... this boss isn't that hard. It, it definitely, like, it certainly gives you plenty of time. Like, you're not in... You don't have to worry, but, you know, it is something on your radar. I, I don't think it is, to me. Like, I never heard any of the suffocation sounds. Did, did you hear, like, suffocation sounds? I, I didn't. I'm I'm playing the boss right now to, to see. I really don't think... I mean, again, even if it is there, it's not like other past like 2D Sonic games where the air is just the actual boss fight. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's talk about the special stages. <laughs> Alright. 
I wanted to hear Isaiah's research on this and what he, his results were. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like you have breath on this stage, which is interesting to me, because kind of what's the point of the water? For aesthetics. I guess so. What's the point of the 3D? That's fair. Well, the 3D serves a very specific purpose in the boss fight, which is that a closed loop is impossible to the, in the same way in 2D. Well, no, but it could function just like a Sonic Advance 2 fight where you just run along the road. Oh, uh, one one last boss I want to talk about before we uh, move on to the special stages, which is that the boss fight of Sonic vs. Blaze, because on both stories you can fight each other, yeah. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I think that's my favorite versus another character boss fight uh, in the franchise. Except for maybe, uh, what was it? I was the... going to say Sonic Pocket Adventure. Sonic I think Pocket Adventure, it. yeah. I think Pocket Adventure might beat it out. But it was, it was certainly, it was, a, it felt better than any of the ones in any of the Genesis games. And I think that those are the only ones that come close to Pocket Adventure. I don't know, my problem with it is, first and foremost, I don't know if it changes based on who you're playing as. Like, I don't know if Sonic is a different fight from Blaze. Yeah. Um, but I played as Blaze, and when I fought Sonic, he had one move that I felt was, like, a little bit unfair. Okay. Which is, he can do the, like, whirlwind tornado thing from Sonic Heroes. And basically, what the way he does that is it tracks where you are, he goes right over you, and he spins around. And if you spend more than, like, three seconds anywhere close to him at all, he'll just instantly deal damage to you. And it's kind of impossible to get your rings back. So it's basically oh, yeah. an insta-kill that takes too long. But, like, the way you get away from that move is you have to be on, like, the far side of the stage. And then as soon as you see him spinning around over your head, you have to spin dash to the opposite side. Yeah. And then you have to be able to be on that opposite side for the next phase of the attack. And then it just repeats five times. And Ooh. it feels really bad the whole time. Okay. Yeah, Blaze does not have that attack. Blaze has something similar where, like, she'll go to the middle of the screen and then summon fire pillars and it'll kind of track you. And I feel like you have to do the same thing where you have to go to the very end, otherwise you can trap yourself. Right, but I feel like, to me, that sounds as if... Th there's no pulling effect, right? Yeah, I think so. You still get full control of your character? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem with the Sonic fight, is that it feels like you're losing control of your character in a way that doesn't feel completely fair. Oh, and that's... also, because he does it over and over again, it'll pull you in different directions, and it feels like you're struggling against the game in a way that I don't think is as fun as the Blaze fight sounds. Yeah, that, that sucks. I don't think it's bad. I don't think... I, I want to be clear. I don't think that it's, like, horrible. It's very dodgeable, and I don't think it makes the fight... Yeah. Wait, I think I only did that fight, like, three times before I won. I also think the, uh... Blaze fight is the most exploitable boss fight. And it's, it's not exploitable in a way that is just like, oh, just do this and then you win and then there's no challenge. It's exploitable in, in, in that classic Sonic way that's, like, fun to do, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely think that's still the case for the Blaze versus Sonic fight. Like, oh, yeah. From Blaze's so, perspective. something I have an issue with the Blaze-Sonic fight is the end. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Because yes. then you have to mash the buttons and I... Like, and... And I, I'll give it this. It's not like, a, say, Bowser's Inside Story where it doesn't tell you you can mash both buttons together to do it. Because they tell you you can't do it. But even, like, trying to do it, it takes a long time. My hand gets cramped. Yeah. And also, then I'll try to pause it, and then I'll accidentally hit A and B again, which unpauses it. And that's another issue. Um, <laughs> Sonic Colors DS has a similar thing at its uh, uh, first final boss. But you can literally mash all four buttons. 
I hate the idea of button meshing on a handheld console because it feels like I'm going to break the console. Yeah. <laughs> like, the DS does not feel strong enough to handle right. my colossal, like, meat bone destroyer claws. And I felt a, I felt a little safer because I was using a, a new 3DS XL, but... Yeah. So, so I had this game as a kid around the same time that I also had uh, the legendary Starfy. Which, that game's final boss is literally mashing A and B, alternating. Like, or the end of that final boss is. Yeah. And so in order to beat the game, you need to mash, but it's significantly harder than in this game. Yeah, I feel like this game, if you get that you need to hit both buttons and you're, like, mashing, like, you're honestly trying, I think you'll be fine even if you're not the best at, like, getting the full speed up. Yeah. And so I had a bit when I was a kid where I was like, okay, so I can beat Blaze. Like, or I can beat Sonic also. Like, I was just able to get through this. But I needed a friend to help me get through the ending to the legendary <laughs> Starfy. Because I couldn't mash that well. Like, yeah. it was it was more powerful than I was capable of. And I felt like, I hated it because I felt like th that wasn't a skill. Like, button mashing didn't feel to me like it was a skill I could build. It was just... Like, yeah, well, and I think that's why they give you two buttons, but st even then, it still feels a little too difficult. Well, yeah. especially for a kid, because your thumb isn't as big. Like, I can mash all four buttons on a DS with one finger nowadays, but yeah. like, when I was a toddler, was I supposed I to use my thumb? But, uh, I never use your thumb to mash unless you're doing a very specific. I look, I can do a seminar on this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, St Steven's an expert on button mashing. I've got, I've got four different forms I can show you depending on which kind of arthritis you want. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I, I think that, like, this game is pretty fair with this button mashing. I feel like you could mash with just your thumb and get through it, but that's not the way to get the most speed out of it. But I was going to say, a comparison I want to make is God of War. Which, yeah. again, that's a very, like, button mashy game, both in the way that it is a hack and slash style game. And then it's also, there are quick time events where you have to mash a button to beat a boss. Mm -hmm. And I played that game as a kid, and, like... For one, you might think that's questionable because of the content in that game, but whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the first boss you have to mash against, and I felt like it was a prohibitive, like, speed that you had to hit the button at. Yeah. For the first boss. And, like, I don't think that's okay for the final boss, I don't think it's okay for the first boss. I don't think any game besides something like WarioWare or Mario Party should have, like, a difficult mashing sequence. Yeah. But I do think that, like, there is the potential for that to be fun in terms of gameplay. Like, I do like the sequence where Sonic and Rush are just both boosting at each other. Yeah. And that's what you're mashing through, is you're seeing, like, Blaze on fire and Sonic glowing blue, and they're just, like, butting heads, and I think that is fun. Yeah, and and the more you mash, the, like, further you push your opponent in the other... So it's like tug of war, but it's a push yeah. of war. And I think that there's some value in that, although I do think that, like, they could have made it more lax. Yeah. Yeah, like letting you mash all four buttons. I think there was a design trend around this time of button mashing as a challenge. Because uh, modern games have button mashing, but it's very short sequences, like a couple seconds, that is lax enough that anybody can accomplish, and it's for mundane stuff. Like, this yeah. isn't this isn't all that re recent, but the Batman Arkham games have, like, oh, let me bust open a vent, let me tap X for, like, ten times, and then the vent is open. You know. I don't know if this is an every Telltale game, but the only one that I actually like enjoy is Wolf Among Us, and that game is yeah, it's an every Telltale like, game. 
Hit that X button, baby. <laughs> yeah, but and and they design it in such a way that it's very easy to accomplish. Yeah, it's super easy. And I think that well, so one thing, Charlie, you mentioned that the way they can make it easier is letting you mash all four buttons. I honestly don't want that because again, that feels like it's gonna break my DS. But what I would have liked is if that was the only boss fight where you were allowed to boost. Yeah. yeah. Because if that last sequence was like, all you have to do is hold down the Y button, that still feels like you're playing the rest of the game. Yeah. So I think it still would have gotten the feeling across of like you accomplishing something in that fight, while also feeling natural for the game, and while also feeling like easy to do at the end of a stressful boss fight. Yeah, and it and it's uh, it's an emotional climax and not a mechanical one. Yeah. And I, and I think that it also, like, again, because what they're doing there is just boosting at each other. I don't think it would have felt wrong. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, just holding down a button in most circumstances would feel wrong for a boss fight. Yeah. I think this is one case where it actually is okay. Yeah, this game could have learned a bit more. Also, I really like the touch that when you do a last hit on a boss, it does, like, a little close-up. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It does, yeah, like, a really freeze like frame, and it shows you three different camera angles. Uh -huh. But it also... It becomes painfully obvious that you're a PNG. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure Sonic's spin is not a 3D model. It's just a 2D image. Yeah, because it looks the so, same from all angles. All right. So before we wrap up, I want to ask a couple questions about the music. Right, yes, but all, I would also like to talk about the special stage because we were just dodging that forever. I I'm gonna talk about the special stages because that was the one thing we wrote down that I was gonna talk about. And so you're gonna have to pay attention, okay? Are we clear? Okay. I'm going to take the silence as a yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I support this right. too, Charlie. <laughs> All right. So in case you forgot that Sonic Rush is a DS game, prepare to remember. So you, you've you got the uh, age-old classic of the Sonic 2 special stage, and you control Sonic with the stylus, which honestly isn't even that bad. It's like, it feels a lot better than the Sonic 2 special stage, that's for sure, because... Yeah, I was gonna say, I actually, the, I read a review of this game, and they described these levels as being more difficult because you had to use the stylus, and I was like, dog, that makes it 3,000 times easier than the Sonic 2 special stage. This, this stage is almost exactly Sonic 2 special stage, but improved in almost every way. Right, and like, they have mines, like in Sonic 2, but they add like a special flare where they have the the flying egg robots and there's there's two, there's some that you can avoid but there's like one that'll just charge at you if you don't attack it but the problem is when you attack it you're also risking rings so you kind of have to plan that apart and then you can hit like uh, uh, item balloons which will you can do a quick uh, tap quick time event to um, get more rings if you do it fast enough but you have to do it in order one two three four five six seven eight it, it, it's like three through seven depending but the time limit can also be varying I think there's also like a silver ring that's worth five, which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, and those start showing up in later versions of the stage. And, and the issue with some of them is that you have to do, like, a loop. You have to go off the, the half pipe. But when you do it, you're, like, off of it for a long time, so you're missing a lot. You're, like, doing a trick. Yeah, because you'll see, you'll see one on the right and one on the left, but if you do the one on the right, you're just not going to have enough time to do the one on the left. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel a little weird. There's also uh, uh, switches that if you press, uh, rings will appear, but sometimes they're a little hard to see. But overall, I really like them. I'm still stuck on the seventh one. Yeah. But, the you know. seventh yeah. one, the sixth and seventh one are insanely hard. The sixth one isn't too bad, but like the seventh one is just like... The seventh one, if you hit spikes, you can't 
complete it. Right. And, and just so, just so we're clear, this is like you have to get like a certain amount of rings before the checkpoint. You have to do it twice, but not yeah. three times like in Sonic 2, because it's actually balanced. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys. I only played the first three or so. Yeah. Because I played most of the game as Blaze. Because I like I like playing as her more anyway. Yeah. Like I said, I, th I feel like the game is almost designed for her. But I think that, like, the first three of these special stages were very generous with rings. Like, I never felt yeah. like I had to grab every single ring. Yeah. And it sounds like that changes by the sixth and seventh. It's definitely... I played the first two and then the last two, and let me tell you, there is a contrast. They they increase the ring count you get by, like, ten rings or, and then twenty rings by the second increment. Like, the second part of the stage yeah. like for every special stage i noticed that pattern but yeah there there's the last one is just the, the last one is just really like all right here is like like a bunch of like scattered minefields and you need to weave through that to get to the ring yeah and there's also like fewer uh, large strands of rings there are entire sequences where it's just a minefield and there are no rings so it's just like do this intricate dog cheek with and i don't think you can jump in this right no, the you only, can't. The only thing equivalent is that you can go off the edge, but yeah, you can't. Well, you can also do jump. homing attack, which is the only kind of jump, but that's only if there's an enemy on screen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it's interesting to me because I think the team, I, I think all of the previous special stages, because I talked about it in the Sonic Advance 3 episode, they're all kind of based on Sonic 2's special stage. This one is obviously the most direct, but it's also interesting the mechanics that they directly added to it. I feel like every time we talk about a special stage, you say that it's the most like Sonic 2. <laughs> <laughs> this one for real though, like it's it just is Sonic 2's special stage with more mechanics. Yeah, well and with touchscreen controls. And, and with touchscreen. A million screen. times better. Which are better, yeah, for sure. Because you have so much so much more control. Sonic yeah. 2's is, is slippery and very intentionally slippery. This is not slippery. I think that Sonic Heroes is way more Sonic 2 than this one. Okay. I don't know. Is there gonna be an argument here, or are we just like? <laughs> I mean, I think I think spiritually because it's a it's slippery, like. That's why, yeah. When you're because when you're when you're on the side of a half pipe, you're like falling down the half pipe in Sonic Heroes and in Sonic 2, and that's not the case here. If you're on the side of the half pipe, you're you're staying there until you want to move in this game. Yeah, see, I can tell why, like, Sonic Heroes and Sonic 2 are closer together, because I just don't want to play either of them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, this special stage is really fun. So the, w the way that you get to this special stage is there's a sp special... What What is the the friggin... I just call it a spinner, I don't know yeah, what else you call it. Yeah, and, and a spinner like this has appeared in Sonic Advance, but it's visually different. Uh, it's got, like, a star and a rainbow around it. Yeah. And if, while you're on the spinner, you hit the boost button and you hold it for one bar's worth of boost, which I think you get three bars total, maybe it's just two. Yes, it's three. You get three. Okay. You get blue, yellow, and red. Yeah. Well, it's more of an orange, but... So if you spend one full bar, uh, then you get into the special stage. I believe you also need 50 rings. No, you don't need 50 rings. You don't I've, need 50 I've, rings. I've gone there with 40. I don't think ring count actually matters. So, so the thing about the system is if you fail the special stage... You can just get back onto the spinner and spend another boost bar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you really can cool. you can try the same stage several times. And in mm -hmm. fact, there was a sequence for the for the sixth one actually. Uh, I was in a place where I could just grind boost and then I could get back to the the thing and try again. And I did that for a while. 
It's kind of hard to grind for boost, though. Yeah. I do think that this kind of highlights the biggest problem, though, because there's a lot of context-sensitive stuff that you have to understand to be able to get to the special stage. Yeah. And I don't know... Like, I guess boosting on the spinner makes sense, and you probably try it at some point. It's not intuitive. Like, like it yeah, wouldn't occur I, to you. To like, try. we had to explain it to Isaiah, and I had to look it up online. And I think, Charlie, you just remembered about it, right? Like, I, I looked at what you were... I think I saw what you said after you looked it up, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just do that. As a kid, as a kid, I beat the entire game without ever getting a Chaos Emerald, because I just never knew about this. And I think that's... I think that that highlights kind of, like, a problem with the way they're handling it, which is that they put them in places where you don't care about, like, shooting yourself somewhere. Yeah. So, like, I think that it would be encouraging to boost on them if they were in places where it was like, oh, I could get higher if I just boosted. And then you'd, like, start boosting and see the portal appear and then realize it. But, like, the ones I remember are just kind of next to springs that take you higher than the, like, spinner ever would. Yeah. So it's really a confusing design choice. But I think that as soon as you figure it out, they're really fun to mess with. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the, the for sure the biggest problem with the entire special stage thing is that it's extremely unclear how you access it. And once you yeah. know that, it's a very pleasant experience. Yeah, but we just can't like discount. I, I think at this point, the idea of access to information online, letting a game be easier to play, is kind of just a thing we have to account for. Yeah. But I don't think that we should let the game off the hook. I feel like we still need to mention it for sure. Because most of the, the controls of the game are... Like, if not self-explanatory, there's something that become uh, apparent with very little actual experimentation. Like, you just yeah. hit buttons and stuff happens, and then you, now you understand how to play the game. Yeah, it's not as con context-sensitive. Yeah, and, th and that's really not the case with the spinner, because you have to spend a resource, and a lot of that resource, in order for it to activate. And why would I want to spend that resource when I could not spend that resource and instead use it to go fast? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't have that much of a problem because, you know, I've I've dealt with that. I mean, certain Sonic games have been like that before, and I'm just glad that there's finally a dimps game where I don't have to look for something that's extremely finite. Yeah, but yeah. that also, in and of itself, that kind of is another element of why I didn't think these things were special, because there are, like, four in every stage... And like, and they're they on the placed... critical path too. Yeah, they're placed right in front of you, so it doesn't feel like they're special. I mean, you're right, but also, like, my problem is not with the way you get to the special stage at all. You're just saying it's too easy. I'm, I'm saying no. I don't have a problem with them at all. I don't think that they're designed poorly. I think that the information that you receive about them is like just not there. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be very easy as a kid to just never figure out how these work. That's what I'm getting at. Especially okay. because this game this game has a story with a lot of text, some of which is very poorly formatted, and there's no tutorialization of any kind in this game. Not that it necessarily needs it most of the time, but I think it'd be good to have like a help section, you know? Yeah, or just like make the just make the spinner be in a place where you want to boost on it. Yeah. Or put it in a place where you naturally fall into it while you're boosting. Like I think if it if you're on a, a bit where the game goes, okay, it's okay to go fast, and then like it gives you that uh, item that gives you full boost, and then you immediately fall off a platform directly onto the spinner, that would be good. Yeah. But like even then, I still don't know if you'd be inclined enough to boost to like. I think that the way they could do it is like they put it 
underneath the top lane and then using the spinner is the only way to get back onto the top lane, I think that might be the best way. And I think that's kind of like what you're describing, but it feels to me like you're sort of describing it as like still on the critical path. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for the first spinner, like the spinner that is the tutorial spinner should be in the critical path and like really in your way and make it as direct as possible. Hey, boosting on this takes you to the special stage. And then after that, those spinners should be a bit more obscure than they actually are. But it's it's hard because you don't want them to be too obscure when already nobody knows how to use them in the first place. Honestly, I think the best way to handle this would be either A, to just throw up a prompt to hit the boost button when yeah. you're on the spinner, yeah. or B, make the boost meter flash when you're on the spinner. Mm, I think that would be... Because, I mean, there are a few mechanics where literally button prompts appear on the screen, and it's it never feels intrusive. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I do have, like, I take slight issue with, like, I think there are better ways to do it, but in this case, I don't know if there's a better way to do it. Yeah. But the last thing I want to talk about is the music, because... I already mentioned that this game's music is made by the same guy who made the music for Jet Set. And I think that this music is very different from our past Sonic music. I, I don't know if I said this in the episode or if this was off mic, but it's kind of got this mixture between ska music, Latin, like Latin music, and what's the best way to put it? Like just Jet Set music, like yeah. Japanese so, pop I mean, music, but I described with, like, it as a lot like, more dance influence. Like DJ'd, you know? Because there's not a good word. Well, it's because there's a lot of there's a lot of like voice clips that are like interrupted. That's a sample. In, what? That's that's like sampling. I guess not really sampling, but like it, it's used the same way sampling. Yeah. Is. They're they're unique voice clips. They're unique voice clips that are like sometimes they're interrupted partway through and like repeated and like, you know. But like a DJ is just someone who plays music. So you I guess so. Can't really like there are record scratches too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not sure how. Um, how accurate this is! Uh, it's one of the one of the later stages, the one with JJ Rocket. That's the name of the song, right? Uh, that's, yeah, that's. I believe that's one of the Guardians Sky of the Al Galaxy characters. Isn't that Sky Altitude? Isaiah, shut up. Yeah, I think I think so. But like, yeah, Isaiah, seriously, shut the oh, fuck yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I don't. So like, it says it's got goes like JJGR, which like that's a that's like an also another audio sample that was in a Crash One. For the, the the great gate levels, and really? I think that's I think so. I'm not entirely sure, but I thought that was pretty cool. Is it just the same phrase, or is it the exact same soundbite? I I I, I want to think it's the same soundbite, but like they 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 like slowed it and slowed it down. They made a deeper pitch. Uh, send us an email about that if you want. Uh, no spin dash zone at gmail.com. Yeah, if you work at Naughty Dog. I, I've never analyzed it myself, but I think it might be the same clip. But I thought that would be interesting if it was. No, I like how Sonic just references other things that are totally well. I guess Crash isn't totally out there, but it's it's from like the stock audio pack. That yeah, it's not Sega. That's... It's it's on a CD somewhere that people got. So I wanted to ask you guys, like obviously this game has a very unique style of music, and even though it does sound like the Jet Set soundtrack, it still even sounds different from that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I want to ask, do you guys think that this music is? as a whole soundtrack better than the music to Sonic 3D Blast for the Genesis? Oh, we, we all like that soundtrack a lot. I feel like the biggest problem with Sonic 3D Blast's soundtrack is the the sound font, for lack of a better word, because sound fonts weren't a thing on the Genesis. It's the Genesis one, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I the I think its its problem was that it the instruments used feel very low energy, which 
is not is not right. Even though like the music is written well, the arrangement isn't amazing at all times. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're saying that the mood doesn't necessarily make you want to go fast. Yeah, whereas I feel like in, in this game, it's it's sort of the opposite, where the arrangement is the best part of the song. Like, the instruments used in the samples. Yeah, the instrumentation is huge for this, because every single, like, hit, every single, like, note makes you feel, like, energized. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think, on the whole, I guess I would say... For me personally, I think Sonic 3D Blast has fewer bad songs than this game. If that makes sense. I think there are sense. a couple questionable tracks on this game, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what impressed me about 3D Blast was just how it's it's not just that individual songs were great; it's that the quality was consistent. Like the average song quality was very high, which is yeah. There's like two songs in that game that I don't like so much. Yeah, and and that's that's ridiculous to accomplish for a game soundtrack. Every game soundtrack has mass songs. I don't know. I, I think I still want to go with that, but I'll probably listen to this game's soundtrack more, and maybe my opinion will change. The one thing that I want to say is that also this game, like a lot of the sound uh, soundtrack has plays remixes, so there are two versions of about seven of the songs. Yeah. So Charlie, what do you think? Blast uh, or Pass? I'm more inclined to probably stick with Blast just because I'm more familiar with it, and... This soundtrack hasn't grown that much on me, but it's still, like, pretty good. Like, I, I'd i probably say it's better than the any of the advanced soundtracks. Oh my god, this is a million times oh better my than god. any of the advanced soundtracks. Yeah. Like, even yeah. the first one, which I have, you know, memories, fond memories like, of. No doubt in my mind, is this the best handheld Sonic soundtrack? Yeah. I, I did want to ask if you guys think it's better than the Sonic Adventure 2 soundtrack. No! I have... I, I can't answer that question objectively. Because... I want to hit you guys with... Fast Tails, Tails level soundtrack. Yeah. So, because... The thing yeah, about Sonic Adventure you're, 2 you're mean. is I loved the soundtrack so much that I listened to it so much that I got sick of it, and now I can't listen to it anymore. I like about half of the songs a lot in Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. I think, I like, I think I'm okay with about a fourth, and I think about a fourth of them, the last fourth, is it has, just not great. It has some duds, to be sure. There are some clunky songs in there. But there's just a lot more music in that game, period. But I do yeah. think that, like, one of the key problems is that, like, there's not, like, a consistent style. Yeah, well, I mean, I think... I, I would actually argue in the other direction, which is that the style is dependent on the character, and within one character's gameplay, the style is consistent. Right, but the thing is, you don't play Knuckles' story, you play the hero's story. So cutting from, like, the rap music to Sonic's, like like fast-paced rock music to Tails again very questionable Tail like. Tails is like not it's just rock guys, but I, worse you <laughs> I, I cannot believe you guys I'm throwing Tails hot under this bus I can understand you hating his gameplay but he has some really good tracks like like what Eternal Engine uh, and cut, uh, cut that part out cut the part out where he had a positive example <laughs> Eternal Engine right. which is a uh, what the fuck is it called? I can't remember the name of the actual song, but uh, Rumbling Highway from Mission Street. I love that one to death. No, Mission Street's music is not good. Uh, you are full of shit. This is probably because you don't like Billy Joel and you don't like that kind of music either. Fuck you, Steven. Okay, You're so... Right, I don't like Tails because I don't like Billy Joel. It's so, the same thing. It's the same... 
You know the you know the bit in uh, Canon Core where it's Eggman's music and Tails' music, right? Where yeah. you've got this really cool like and you're like, oh yeah, I'm into this. And then after a couple seconds of that, it just goes and it sucks. Yeah. That's yeah, every you, tail you guys, song. You guys, you guys are dumb. You guys are dumb. Every tail song is like, get ready for good music. Just kidding. You guys so are yeah, dumb. I think that, you guys I think are that dumb. Sonic Adventure's music suffers in some ways because when you switch characters, it switches the vibe, and that kind of like feels weird to me. I think that also just switching characters every level in general feels bad to me. Yeah, I guess so. I, I've, I've already acknowledged that I think that having to beat the entire game to play all of Sonic's content is like a design flaw. <laughs> and I think that that just kind of is compounded by both the music and the... And, like, the boss battles, too. Like, I think this game does a much better job of, like, making everything feel tied together musically. Yeah. And I also think that because Blaze has her own version of the soundtracks, playing as her feels different musically. And yeah. it makes the gameplay differences feel, like, more accentuated. I would say I wish it was I a disagree. little bit more different. What were you going to say, Charlie? I disagree. That's it. I disagree. <laughs> oh, I thought you had, like, an argument. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just has an opinion, and that's it. I like the diverse. I like the diversity in... Sonic games, when Sonic Adventure 1, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Heroes, which does it a lot better than Hold the other Sonic Adventure two. 1 is completely different from Sonic Adventure 2. So, so can I I'm say s- something I about... never said they were the same. Well, right, but what I'm getting at is that the argument I have for 2 just clearly doesn't apply to Sonic 1, because for 1, the, the music for the stages is the same character board, or character... The, the music for the stages is the same for all the characters board-wide. Okay, Steven, yeah, real but talk? Like, yeah, but you, you still have things like Real talk, I'm like things like I, the overworld sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Real talk, I think this should be a mini-sode. But we don't, like, we don't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's how we start. Okay, I think that this is the best song soundtrack yet. Okay. I, and I don't think that, I don't think that it drops below the top three for either of you guys, it's, right? It's definitely, like, definitely in the top five. I would need to, like, assemble a list to know where in that top five it rests. I just need to put it on my iPhone, which I will do. Yeah, same. Okay, anyway, you can find us on Twitter. Oh, wait, thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> oh, thumbs uh, up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah. I, I, I think it was pretty obvious that we all like like this game. It's it's we, it's Dimps's redemption arc. Yeah, no, for sure. This is what put Dimps on the map for me. Yeah. So, you can find us on Twitter at the no spin <laughs> God damn it, I put the the in there. You can find us on Twitter at no spin dash zone. No the. Twitter.com slash no spin dash zone. That's the one. You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash nospindashzone. And you can send us an email using the email gmail... You don't... <laughs> think about this, Steven. HTTPS. <laughs> <laughs> you can no find us on Gmail using zone. the email account nospindashzone at gmail. Dot com. Dot com. Dot net. Dot tv. Dot, dot gov. Dot gov. <laughs> You can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. I'm going to cry again. <laughs> Where can bap, we find Charlie? Bap, 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 <laughs> follow me at Draws Charlie. Bye. Go away. <laughs> Jeez, Charlie, you're so close to the microphone. I, I, Thanks I know. for coming out tonight. Yeah, and Everyone, have a nice whatever evening. day, whatever time of day it is, you guys just assume it's the night. I am well, the do night. Do people listen to podcasts in the morning? Maybe.
Maybe in their freaking daily commute, Steven. Yeah, maybe if they're taking their dog for a walk. My commute starts at 10 (laughs) o'clock. PM, PM. Well, that's like like your morning. I'm going to hit stop recording. No. (laughs) We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.